0: It's life on life's terms. What's up folks? What's up everybody? So Life on Life's Terms podcast and I'm Tom Robinson. And like I always say, we are not affiliated with any 12-step program, although we do love them, we endorse them, we have benefited from them. Yes.
1: Uh, my name is Chris Mandeville. I'm a recovered heroin addict, and we are here at a New way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass on Quincy Ave. Lots of resources and meetings place. down here. Great um, so, tonight we don't have a guest it's gonna be just me and Tom uh sharing a little bit of our experience a little different um like what yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about like what things were like just before we went to treatment, like the day before you know, like you here in around the rooms the day before we died pretty yeah. much um, so I think I'll let Tom go first i'm
0: gonna go first all yeah. right
1: um and we want you guys to interact with us too. We want you guys to talk about sure. uh. Your experience in treatment, and you know what, you know what happened when you got it. You know what I mean. Uh, so, you know, we definitely want to hear from you guys. Absolutely.
0: All right, so uh, let's go back. Yes. Um, How far are we going back? Well, this would be uh, way back, way back. Yeah, fifteen years, probably. Uh, my last run was a vicious run. Uh, I had had a little bit of sobriety. Uh, my son was born, um, and uh, you know I was off and on, and um, I got in a, 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 a wreck. I was like supposed to pick him up after work, and uh, I was—I um, would just felt like I kept. I remember pointing. I need something for me. I'm just gonna get a little something for me, right? And then I remember being on the highway and I was like in this lane and then I was in that lane and then I was in this lane and I was like, I got to pull over. And I got off the highway and, uh, I forgot to pull over. I don't know. I just kept going. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, the road turned and I didn't. And I went directly into a, a, a brick wall, whatever, whatever. And then, um, or it was a stone wall. Anyway, I, uh. I, um, that got me sober for about three months. I ended up getting kicked out of my, my ex's house and with Mike's son, and I got kicked out, and then I was, uh, sleeping, uh, on my dad's couch. And, uh, and yeah, he, but you stayed sober for three months. Three months, about three months. Um, and then, uh, my father what, what, had what people call white knuckle in it, white, no, yeah white knuckling it uh you know i was going to meetings you know just lost and uh but but wasn't going to a ton of meetings and then uh he my father had problems with his living situation i had to move out from him and i moved in with my aunt and uncle and uh that's when my my cousin passed away yeah uh i will shared that before when uh yeah he was getting high in the house yeah well he 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 had just come back from treatment and uh he was gone for about four hours. Whatever, he came back and and I and, and he was high and and I, I was he was going upstairs. And I was like, did he look high? That Was the last time I ever saw him. Yeah. And uh, so he died and um and uh they were like, we have to grieve you. You know, we can't have you know. I had to give him space. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, so I went back to my ex's house and I ended up relapsing. She ended up kicking me about again. I ended up. Um, being in their house again, yeah. I ended up using right in the same room that he died in. Now, were you even thinking about that when you were getting high? Oh, I I was trying not to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so um, that was like, and then they figured it out. You know, and then that was like this major source of guilt that I was running from, trying not yeah. to think about. You know what I mean? And uh, and that's why I say it was so vicious because, uh, like that last run was so bad, uh, I was not going to be sick because I knew that like the sick was like everything, reality crashing in. Yeah. In so many. Directions. That was that was like,
1: you know, during during my use, and that was what I, I feared the most was being sick. Yeah you know and and that's why I did most of the things I did all the police chases and right you know exactly. insanity
0: but being being sick and also having reality crash in yes. where you know you, now you're a new father you're being a total shitbag because you can't control yourself now you yep. you relapsed in the in the room where you saw your your cousin on the floor and it was just like so vicious and I knew that that gorilla had me and I was going to I wasn't going to be sick and right. I was like this is and so I was so out of control that um, I remember the last time I used heroin was in a bathroom in uh, on uh, 104 Bridgewater. Uh, you know, I had met somebody down there, and I had driven down there, and uh, and I had it was like a lightning bolt. The, the needle was in the shape of a lightning bolt. Oh, yeah, all bent, bent up. And- bent, bent twice. Yeah. And I stuck myself with it like a bunch of times, you know what I mean, trying yep. to hit, and I was bleeding and... You know, and I didn't even really get that high. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'm driving back and I got pulled over because uh the front plate on the truck had fallen off. And so from um, hitting the wall. Yeah. Was that the (laughs) same truck? No, not hitting no no no. Not hitting the wall, hitting um uh snowbanks. Yeah. They just bent back and forth, you know what I mean, fell off. And uh and so then um when I was in the holding cell after they found you know works on me at the time, uh, needles were legal, <laughs> and I had one. <laughs> yeah, so, right, you know, and uh, I was in the holding cell and I, and I remember leaning against the wall and I just smiled, just smiling, just feeling safe. Oh, when you got arrested, safe oh, yeah. behind the bars. I completely identify with that. safe um, from myself, because mm-hmm. uh, you know I was like, you know, I knew I was going um, to be sent to Bridgewater, which I was. I knew I was going to get the Libriums, which I did. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And that was something else too. I almost seen somebody die the first night I was there. Um, I stopped it from happening. Like he, this big dude almost killed this other dude. Beat oh the really? Wrap out of A his fight. Head was on the tiled concrete floor, and he was on. Dude was on top of him, on, smashing, on top of his head. I oh, no, on top of his chest. Oh, with. Is one hand holding his head against the floor, his other hand just pummeling him, and the blood was—it was just bad. And I got up and I stopped it, and uh I got back into bed and everything. And like the dude gets up and he's like, "Oh," and then like five minutes later, he goes somewhere, and five minutes later, all the lights come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. Cops come. The fucking down. Ninja Turtles come in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they pull me. Yeah. They pull me down. And they put me in a in a cell, thinking I was involved with it. And they got me naked in the in the uh isolations nice. you know what I mean, and I'm for like, doing nothing for for helping somebody out. I just saved someone's life, yeah <laughs> anyway, so while I was in there see this had, I had gone through um, treatment already with you, yes you know, in ter- yes. turn project turnabout um in when it was in hingham that was, and, uh t- i I got there in two thousand one
1: December, you might have came like right after,
0: yeah, yeah, probably.
1: January or so.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were in the same. We were the same. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, it didn't stick. But when I got this time, you were there I, for a while though. I was there for six months. Yeah, because you. Uh, I know you earned a twenty-four hour right, or was uh, it an eight-hour pass? I was twenty-four. Yeah, and I was by myself, and uh and I and I decided that it just wasn't me. I couldn't go through with it because I didn't identify as that person yeah. who could be sober. This isn't me. I remember saying that to myself, this isn't me. and I made the call, yeah, and I got high. Yeah. Um, huge mistake. It cost me three years of of wasting time, right you know, but anyway, so this time, I knew what I had, where I had to go because I knew that that was the treatment that I needed. So when I wrote that letter, I wrote a letter right away. Oh to Dan, to Dan Dan Bowen who we've had on the show, uh, guest number one. On our podcast, uh, if you go to the um, the audio podcast, you know on the site or or, or on iTunes, uh, it's guest number one. Um, I wrote a letter to him, and you know, in my mind, I was basically on my knees begging to come back right to the treatment. Yep, and uh, and um, but when I got back, and I did, I, I did the thirty days. I did a lot of uh, sheet therapy. Whenever I was yeah. you know what I mean? Whenever now I now were you completely detoxed when you got there? No. No. I was in uh what they, the Delta. Delta's the detox portion of yeah. it for a couple of weeks or whatever. They were feeding me the Libriums. I mean, they don't really work that good, but at least they kinda yeah. put you out of it enough to that, you know, I mean you're still hitting the bathroom every five minutes and you know yeah. Yeah. and the nausea and everything. But um you know, you're sitting there trying to eat and food's dribbling out of your mouth. It's it's uh it's not very dignified. Yeah. Let's be honest. No. It's,
1: it's it's horrible. It's, it's
0: no way to live. And uh anyway, so so uh then I went you know, they had little a little uh I don't know if you I guess you call it a recovery class or something every day that you'd go to. Oh yeah. You know? I remember talking
1: uh one of the guys would would talk about you saying you could uh sprinkle sugar on a turd but it doesn't make it a crawler or some guy because <laughs> I, I ended up there as well and I didn't learn much of anything in it's, any of it's those classes prison. Yeah. it's prison Yeah,
0: and uh, yeah so also so I know while I was in that jail locked behind bars or, or behind the fences anyway um, my ex was like I called her up My she had my kid She's like, she's like I just want you to know that we're we're through, um, and I want to. And I want you. I wanted you to know that because I'll be with someone else this weekend. Hangs up on me. Nice. And then when you're in jail, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> don't feel got Gotta, love, gotta good. love that. But you know what? But, I mean, hey, I, I deserved her anger, right? I mean, whatever. Yeah, you
1: know, fair to say, it like is what the, it all is. the shit that you were, all the problems you were causing. You know what I mean? Yeah, man.
0: So. Uh, anyway, so fast forward thirty days when I, I got out of there, and uh, I went right to from there. I was driven directly to uh, Project Turnabout in Hingham. Yep, I got in there. I was, uh, you know, you, you get in there and you, and you and you do your intake and you and you uh, your shower. They could bring you upstairs to to shower. You, they watch you shower. Yep, and they Strip go through search. They go through your clothes. Yep, yep. and so that happened and. Uh, and um i settled in and uh it was very different you know i mean it was the same in a lot of ways but there was some yelling afterwards um and and uh the biggest thing that happened was there the first room you're in the way it works is uh, you have everybody in the first room is that you're in there's a lot of people in it it's just sm- just a small room but there's like three bunk beds six guys yeah yeah in there and they called that. Have, I was in Have Hope. Yep. That was they, my first room, too. Half <laughs> Hope. <laughs> so every room has a name. And as you progress in treatment, you, there's less guys. And you got four guys and you got two guys. Yep. yep. Know?
1: And there was one single.
0: There's one signal for Dan Finer. Yes. Who was there for like a year and a half. Yep. but uh, Dan Feiner and his
1: fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He was on some crazy diet, and like people didn't even want to do wake ups because it smelled so horrible in his room. <laughs>
0: yeah man and then um so the first night the first thing that happened which i've talked about several times in the podcast is um you know i'm just feeling a wreck in a shell of myself you know what i mean i'm feeling i'm emotional i'm like a raw nerve um i'm just hoping that i can never go back to the way i was Mm. and um this dude um mike my roommate mike who uh was and is a friend uh i haven't seen him in a while but i love him like a brother and uh he um he's on his knees praying as we're going to sleep and he says oh hey yeah so they they tell you to to pray on your knees and i was like i i know i know how to pray and uh um, yeah all macho yeah <laughs> and uh and that didn't sit well with me, you know, and that's when I, that's when I decided the next night I prayed on my knees. I, I, was, I was reflecting on it as he's on his knees. I'm there, and I'm saying, how'd my way work? This yep. is, what who the hell am I to say that I know? Exactly. You know what I mean? And that little bit of willingness, that crack in the door of uh, what I was had built up for defense mechanisms my whole life, um, I, it was a huge turning point. Mm. Now, that was not the end of the night, though, because when I, I you know, I, I forget, the, the the new guys get off floor at a certain time. The senior residents get off floor an hour later or whatever. Yeah, right. So when it was time for the senior residents to get off floor, the door of my cell, uh, my cell, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the door of the room gets kicked open. All right. All these guys ca- crowd in. And they push the the guy above me, they push him right off his bunk onto the floor, mattress and all, and they start yelling at him. They start giving him all kinds of shit.
1: (laughs) And it wasn't (laughs) like that the first time. It wasn't like that the first time.
0: And I mean, you know... Scary motherfuckers too. I mean, one of this dude, this huge motherfucker, had to be, you know, some kind of mob leg breaker dude. Yeah, and he's screaming at this guy and telling him, calling him, telling him he's he's all full of shit and he's faking it and he's he's gonna get high tomorrow as soon as he's out of here and we're gonna run you out of the house. You don't mean you don't need to be here. You should go back to jail and all this stuff. Wow. And I was like, oh my god, this ain't turnabout I know. Right. Right. Okay. So. (laughs) <laughs> so then, you know, that was that and then like I had I had a hard time adjusting to the people who were there. It took me a while. Yeah. I was like everybody every I was on everybody's radar because I had been there before. Right. And they they wanted to break me. They were trying to break me down. They were trying to make sure that they knew that I knew they ran the house and all this stuff. And
1: and like knowing you, you're not a confrontational person.
0: Not either. at all. I was so. like <laughs> I was, you know, I was freaked out, but but it was good. Then uh, somebody, because, like, this one dude was like, I can see the look in your face when somebody's giving you, somebody's dressing you down, yelling at you about this and that. Because they, they wanted to make sure that I knew that that I wasn't going to just sail through the house again. Yeah, and I right. think that was Dan's plan. Dan probably said to him, look, he's he sailed through the house with no problems last time, this and that. We need to... Yep you know he needs he needs to uh have a different experience whatever i'm just assuming but um it was difficult and this was another break for me in my in my armor was the guy the dude says um one of this one guy said i can see it when you when when someone's someone's yelling at you you can see the smug look on your face and i was like wow really i didn't know i had a smug look on my face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know when you're in that raw state because p- people are yelling at you they're criticizing you they they're, they're bringing, calling you out on everything and whatever you start to i started to look inward you know and I started to look at myself a little bit more like well you know you know I start you know cuz you have these defense mechanisms that pop up yeah um they start popping up and they're like uh oh they don't know me they don't know what I've been through they don't know what I what I've done they you know um you start trying to diminish them and build yourself up and it's and it's fake right you can't it's hard to stand there in the light of criticism from someone else um and look at it and and it's a skill to be able to say okay they might have a point here they might not have a point there you know um i i these are the things I need to throw away. These are the things that aren't serving me. These are the things that, aren't, that are keeping me getting high. Yeah. You know? So that was a big, huge process in the beginning. And I, and I was on my knees praying every night, too. And that was in the beginning of treatment. that was really big. And then, uh, you know, I had a different counselor. I didn't have Dan. I had a guy named Jim. And uh, Jim was fantastic. Was that was, the older guy with the beard and the glasses? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. he, was, he was really good. Yeah. Um, for me and uh you know i got out a lot of stuff with him um to the point and then a good friend of mine who was also in the house with me um uh he had him too and we both worked through a lot you know both of us separately worked through a ton of issues with him yeah and uh like the last the last month or last few sessions we had with him we were playing cribbage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he oh, played on. on counseling time oh nice <laughs> so it was pretty good but um yeah so then uh as you become um i was on kitchen crew again so you know yeah. you, kitchen crew keeps you constantly busy you just working 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 yeah, all you the get time fucking working.
1: three meals a day for 28 guys
0: yeah all those all that stuff and uh um it it was it was difficult, you know, because you 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 got to be awake uh, earlier, and, mm-hmm. and you got to have a schedule, and you need to have your room clean and made, bed made, and uh, you have to get your you know you have all this paperwork you're doing at the same time. Yes, you have to do all your personal issue. Yep, uh, is another um, piece of paperwork that you had to do that is assigned to you each month or each phase movement. Yeah, period, whatever it is. Uh, by your counselor, and uh, mm-hmm. you have to work on that and get that done, and um, and so phase movement is a is a big thing where uh, everybody votes on you whether you have to come you have to go up in phase or not. So it means if everybody votes no, staffs votes, but they their votes count as six votes, so it's still possible that even if staff votes yes. You don't go up anyway, because right. the rest of the community votes no. Yes, which is intense because, like, the, you're all addicts. You know what I mean? Right. And See, uh, so,
1: someone got a resentment against you. They could just be like, "Fuck him." Right. Yeah, right. Not voting but, him up, but and then they
0: rally the troops. Right. Like, that's right. Yo, know, remember when he said this? It, yeah, that's you know, right. You know, <laughs> it gets intense. And so uh, I remember there was one phase movement where um, I was supposed to go up. It was really important to me. Whatever was going on, you know, job yeah. search, what you know, whatever you're thinking about at the time, it gets really important to you. These phase movements. Yes. And they I do. was like, I really need, I really want to go up. I really want to be able to go on pass or whatever it was, right? And uh, I left my a major portion of my paperwork outside of the meeting and Uh, once they call that meeting you know the dude at the desk hits the desk and i think we started that when i was there the first time hitting the desk thing yeah you hit the desk like it's a gavel bap you know and the the it's funny because it's a major meeting in the house and uh it's not a staff member up there it's the it's the uh it's a client and he right. starts the meeting. And they has to start the meeting on time, or you can pull him up later. Yep. Which another thing. A pull which
1: up. like the stuff you can't even you can't even do that in treatment now. Everything's so soft. Oh yeah. You know, like it's it's treatments become politically correct, and it's all it's not about. I mean, a lot of the places aren't about helping the person work through what they need to work through. It's like, all right, right, get him in here. Let's get paid. Yeah. Uh, and if they relapse, they'll come back and we'll get paid again.
0: That's right. And yeah. here's the curriculum that's uh, approved by so you know whatever. And that's it. Yeah. We, we that's how we that's how we do it. And you know, you could guys coming out of jail could do it standing on the head because they don't have to participate really, and they're yeah. not, and right. not they're not forced to grow. They're not forced to be a part of the treatment.
1: Right. There's no there's no more therapeutic communities out there, and that's what Tom's talking about when we went through. Then when we uh, went through was a true about.
0: therapeutic community, yeah. And so, um anyway, uh this one phase movement where uh, i'm I'm hoping to get a pass or whatever it was, I'm hoping to move up really big time, and I leave this packet, yeah, in the, something that you needed, something I needed, and once that guy slaps that desk, you can't get up, you can't even get up out of your seat and And when I was going through it, there was this tradition where you can't sit back on the back of the seat, you had to sit upright, yes, sit up, they would say. yeah. <laughs> right, and uh, it was so so brutal, and uh, so I was furious, and I went, and I was, I just, I couldn't believe it, and I was like, I had to say, I had to say, I'm not prepared, I can't, I can't make phase movement this month or whatever this time. Yeah, and they give you, they they give you another month or whatever. It yeah, is. I think you know it was like I mean?
1: every two weeks or something. They had phase movement. I can't remember.
0: I, I think, I, but I think it's not your your fit. Fa- particular phase movement would be like once a month you would be but every two weeks they would have the meeting yeah and it would be like some people would go then other people would go the next time so uh afterwards that was a big thing and i had to walk through that afterwards i wanted to leave i wanted to walk out so bad and i went to my counselor jim and i goes jim i want to leave really bad after what just happened now talk me out of leaving he said no I'm not talking you out of leaving. Yeah, you want to go. See you the later. Door. See you later. And I was faced with. I was like, you're not going to talk me out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, and so I didn't leave. But I so asked it, was, him, it was probably the attention that you wanted, or,
1: or for someone to care, actually care.
0: Well, I want. I was. I didn't want to leave. Right. I didn't want to leave. I was just pissed. Yeah. At myself. And I was projecting it out on the everything. Yep. on the situation. So I ended up, I don't know if it was that time, but the next time I saw him, I ended up asking him, why? Why? Why did that happen? Why did I do that? And he said, well, it was probably your subconscious mind telling you that you weren't ready yet. Yeah, And at the time, I didn't believe him. I didn't believe in that. I was like, that doesn't sound right. But having, having uh, looked into the subconscious mind and having learned a lot about it, It's huge. It it affects you the way you react and what you do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you're secretly to yourself not ready to do something, it'll form some sort of way to get out of it. Absolutely. (laughs) It's
1: self-sabotage. That's right. You know, you don't – you have fear or whether it be fear of success, fear of failure, there's, you know – like it says in some literature, a hundred forms of fear. And Yeah. You know, we can do these things that we don't even realize that we're doing to set us up to fail or to to not get what we what we think we want or we think we need. You know, and and it's 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 crazy. Like I've been uh been trying to like Look a lot itself lately, and and you know, do some meditation, and and it, it can be very difficult. Like the the thoughts that go through my head, you know,
0: when I, I have no power over over what goes through my head. You know, uh, that's right, that's right. And you you shouldn't you try not to identify as your thoughts because if you've ever tried to stop your thoughts, yeah, they just come exactly. So it's, how can you be your thoughts, right? If they're just coming. Right. So but you ended up not anyway, going up. and Yeah. So that was just one episode. So anyway, um, what ended up happening was I formed unbelievably f- strong friendship bonds. We would go out of the house and go to meetings and this and that uh, with uh, three other guys. And actually, uh, one other guy that wasn't in my class, so to speak. It was a guy older. Uh, or not older, but he was in there earlier. Yeah. Another guy who... who uh, but who ended up moving in. We ended up moving out um, of the house into an apartment. After you completed treatment. After we completed treatment, out into an apartment down the street. And and it was fantastic. We had such a ball. I look back at those times, and although I was miserable for most of the time, Just because I didn't know how to have fun. I might still not really know how to have fun. Right. But uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I was was saying I would be miserable and I would walk through life miserable if I had to trudge every single step of the way doing the next right thing and being miserable about it. I would still do it and not use. And that's how strong my conviction was. But uh, those guys, those three, four guys – showed me how to have a good time. Yeah. And we had a fucking ball. I'm telling you. We used to go to meetings all together. We used to roll together. We'd go to meetings. We'd would uh people would come back to our apartment. There was a door in between that we had two two bedrooms. So it was a door in between. And the landlord we asked the landlord to, if we could break it down. It's like one side was a wall, one side was a door. We knew it was could be open. He's like no, absolutely not. We've opened that fucker up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we we would pull everybody from the meetings back and have um Texas Hold'em tournaments and uh yeah. you know that was back in everybody was drinking red bull like it was you know going out of style yeah, so and, what when was that um that was uh let's see 2000 and I got sober 2005 five, two thousand. yeah so it was probably
1: like 2006
0: something like that I got 14 years. Uh, yeah, whatever, 2006, yeah. something like that. We were having an absolute ball. Uh, I mean, we mm-hmm. went uh, out west, uh, rented a, a big Escalade, uh, went down the California coast, and, you know, we just had a fantastic time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and um, I, I really look back on those memories so fondly, you know, and uh, I got a group. I had a group in the house when i was in treatment you know quincy monday night was my group i got yeah. a sponsor he um joey and uh, i love him i i don't see him anymore uh i still love him to death and uh and um you know i did the aa thing and uh it, and it it worked magic you yeah know i mean it's it's a beautiful beautiful program it, uh, it absolutely saved my life out of when i came out of treatment um I was still connected in the house to the house too, and I would come back every day to the house, and I worked there, overnights. Yeah, once a week, I would I would work overnights. Um, it was it was just fantastic, and uh, and I look back at it very very fondly, um, you know. And what I ended up doing was I, I still hit a ton of meetings. I ended up moving back in with my ex, and you know, uh, raising my son and. Uh, and it was really, really good. It was, but I ended up trying to start a business, and um, I, I was working all these crazy hours. Yeah, all that stuff, whatever. But uh, you know, it it uh, it was a beautiful thing, and um, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree with the uh, the way I was um, the way treatment was for for us, and I, I believe that. Um, that we needed a house like that we needed a house to participate in or i needed a house to participate in i needed a house that was completely 100% free of any controlled substances yeah uh i didn't need to see somebody nodding off on the couch when i'm sitting in a meeting trying to get, trying to be sober because if yeah. i saw that that still looks good to me exactly if i see somebody nodding off i'm my mouth starts watering i want drugs and
1: and the uh the Place that we went through, like you were supposed to call that person out, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it was he's high, test him. It was, it was a complete abstinence, is, is what it was, exactly. You know? And there were people on medication, um, and it was given to them as prescribed, right? But it wasn't like medically assisted treatment or anything like that,
0: so right, which there may be a place for that. But I think there's a place also for the lack of that, the absence of that. Yeah, yeah. There, don't tell me that there can only be that. That's right. the problem. And right. I don't. I have a problem with it. I don't like it. 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 It should be that there are treatment centers where that is excluded because there are addicts like myself who need abstinence and need to be brought through the way the yeah. way we were.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um and, and it's very few and far between if you can find one like that now. Um yeah. and if you do it's normally um self pay or um it may be uh private insurance. Private insurance, right. You know, but even then it once they once they take insurance they have to take the, the medically assisted treatment as well. Yeah.
0: So we better get going on your story. Your yeah, friend. so
1: so would would we start the day before? We well, got I'll kind of give a little background. Yeah. Then, then. So yeah, like I was in the end, I was homeless. I was running the streets of Brockton. I wasn't being a father to my son. I wasn't doing the things that I was supposed to do. Um, I was ripping and running. I was just uh, empty. Like didn't want to live. Too chicken to kill myself. Um, knew that I was. Uh, I was a uh, an addict. Like I kinda of hard um, to deny. Yeah. And and like <laughs> just before that, you know, just before these times I was like you know, I I was sitting in a in a room coming down from something and, and I was just like, Wow, I'm a fucking junkie. You know, and Oh yeah, that yeah.
0: moment of clarity. Yeah.
1: And yeah. you know so I ended up going to jail in December, but just prior to that a couple months in September I had done 30 days in Bridgewater. And I thought that, it's you no know, water. I thought, yeah, oh, 30 days, I'll be good. I, I remember right right around the corner, Quincy Courthouse, they were like, do you want to go to jail or do you want to go to detox? So I was like, Pfft. detox? And, like, I'm not, <laughs> you know, just, just to give you a little bit more background, I'm not a program all-star. I think I've done three detoxes, and I've done Bridgewater and
0: Turnabout, and that was it. You get there, there's no water, there's no bridge. Yeah. yeah. Where's the – no exactly,
1: and when I went to Bridgewater, <laughs> it was inside the prison. It was, you know... SCCC, yeah, that yeah I went behind there the as wall. well. <laughs> um, a different time. <laughs> like you, you, it was like you go through a bat cave mm-hmm. to get downstairs. They strip yep. you, you give them the, your clothes, they put them in a paper bag, they Squeeze. give you a uniform, and you go upstairs. It's gross. Yeah. Um, yeah, good times. So I did that for 30 days, swore up and down, went to those same classes you were talking about, and, you know, no... It was like... Uh, Triggers group and and right. um, pause. Yeah, all all this post acute withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, and- all kinds of just crap um that they can justify getting the money that they're getting for you. So yep. I end up uh You know, I was there for thirty days and I swore up and down I wasn't gonna do what I was uh, what I was doing before and, and Wait I got a out. there
0: might be some good stuff there.
1: Yeah. Who knows? I mean I don't really know. Yeah, remember for Certain individuals right that you know maybe they're maybe that's what they needed to hear, yes, exactly, maybe that's what they needed to hear, maybe they were just physically addicted and 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 that was it, you know they had caught a physical addiction, and they you know once founding that once they find that they can break it, they can be okay that 's right. not me, my body like craves what I was doing and i and I want more and and you know yeah. like i can 't trust my mind it's it fucks with me all the time, um so yeah. I ended up uh getting out of there and like six hours later I was getting high mm. so then they catch me again uh, I'm in a, a police chase it was the day after Christmas um, December 26th I was in my motorhome, which was the 87 stolen blazer and uh, <laughs> I you know I, I just had those feelings that I didn't want to sit with anymore which is you know most of the reason why I used it in the first place um, I didn't like feeling the feelings so yeah. I, I go, you know, I go yep. to jail. Um I get I get locked up. Um Assuming it's a long weekend because it was Christmas. Uh they send me, they ship me over to Plymouth. Uh I get there and I have a really low inmate number and I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I had remembered that I had gone there right after it opened for one night. So once I was in there, they gave me another inmate, the same inmate number, because I had been there oh. before. And, you know, there was a lot of people that were like, yo, how'd you get such a low? This your first time here? And how'd you get such a low number? I'm like, oh, I don't know. They but, take a retinal scan?
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, no, they did so, when, I, when I was there. Really? Yeah.
1: So I end up going there, and they sent me to court. I I, I kicked down a new man. It was horrible. Um, what up, B? It was down and, a new man for yeah, a minute. It was, it was just just disgusting (laughs) um you know and you know i started my journey i worked i worked in the kitchen i worked in laundry um i i was in the drug unit uh and you know they were they were trying something there was one unit left with single cells in in plymouth house correction and so they put the drug unit in there and like i'm grateful for that because you know i was able to be okay with getting on my knees and not have to worry about my cellmate. Because I knew I needed something. Oh, yeah. I knew I needed something. I I didn't know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't know anything about NACA, nothing. I knew nothing about recovery whatsoever. That's a blessing, Oh huh? um, Yeah,
0: who knows? You, maybe that was, a, that was a straight guard shot because like, yeah. you were able to just be do you and yep. not have to listen to war stories, glorify, yep. think yep. about it. But,
1: and- but the thing that sucked was I was a worker program hours were 7 to 3 i was a worker from 6:30 to 2:30 hmm. so monday through friday so i would come back from the from my job and i would be able to take a shower so i think i had one one or two days off during the whole time the whole i think it was 3 months that they had the the was the drug program i think i had two days off all my other days were like saturday and sunday so i ended up um Going to one meeting and watching one movie, and I got a certificate of completion for this program. Uh, <laughs>
0: Brilliant! And and then I—that's that's, uh, what—that's what these certificates of completion yeah. are. I, I hear to- about toilet paper. That's what they're good for.
1: I hear about uh, Project Turnabout from this kid that, um, I was locked up with. Um, he's he's doing a lot of time now. His his name was James Winquist. He ended up uh, murdering. Uh, he ended yeah, up murdering right. a couple of uh, homeless guys. Um, Son of a gun! Yeah, he was the Allegedly. first kid in the med, no, li- he med line. Um, he was actually in my room. Have hope when when I got there, along with Skip McDonough, my boy uh, Skip. Skip. Um, he ended up being my big brother, and he told me, "He's like, I'll be there when you get there." Yeah, because he be left before me, the, the and names. and like. Last the day before I left, actually, it was like two days. I, I, I came on a parole. I didn't even know what parole was. I had no idea. But I had I had made a phone call to this treatment center, Project Turnabout, and they had told me that I needed to write a letter every week and, and show interest in the program. So I did that. And then I think I did a phone intake. And uh, so they I, I was granted a parole, and they told me that I would be leaving on this day. So I'm like, all right, what the fuck do I do? I don't have anyone I could call. Um, there's no one in my life that would accept a collect phone call from me because I burnt every bridge that I had. Um, <laughs> and amazing, I end up uh, during the during this time, like like I said, I I knew I needed something. I had started going back to church while nice. I was in jail, um, but I had also started attending AA. Um, is a friend of mine was my cellmate who I I call my Abby Thatcher because he brought <laughs> the message of Alcoholics Anonymous to me. No um, yeah, his name was Christian McKean. He's he's no longer with us. He uh he ended up dying. Um of this disease? Yeah. yeah um That sucks. And you know, he He was attending AA and, and like I had never been to jail. Uh, other than the 30 days in Bridgewater, but I knew you didn't really ask questions about what people were doing. You just minded your own fucking business. Um, yeah. So I ended up, you know, because I knew him from Brockton, I was like, yo, where are you going? And he told me, he's like, I'm going to meetings. So I started going to meetings. Mm. And uh the first meeting I go to, um you know, and like, I'm not a moron, like, you get two and a half days good time a month for signing up for aa so i just you know if i'm gonna be here i might as well try and make it as short as possible so yeah. i ended up going to meetings and um the first one i go to willingly because i had been to a couple while i was in detox like you know commitments come in but you you're so fucking met up that like you don't even know what's going on yeah um had no interest, and anytime I was in a detox, it wasn't to get clean. Anyways, it was because I didn't have a hustle, I didn't have uh, money, or my guy got busted, or and they whatever. Had great hoods yeah. and cubs. Yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> I end up getting the gift of identification. I, I hear a woman sharing, and and she she, you know, tells her story, and like we're we're completely different. The the story's different, but but the gift of identification that I got was. I identified with her feelings and how she felt, and and waking up in the morning and saying, "I'm not going to do that again." And then a few hours later, here you are, like, "What here the you fuck? Are how the how did I get here again?" Yeah, I I, I told myself I wasn't going to do this. So therein lies the powerlessness of this disease. Um. So I, long story short, I end up getting parole. I go to uh I ask the pastor that. Is at, at past who at the church oh, right. um, that comes in and does service on Sundays? If he would give me a ride to Project Turnabout on my out date, no kidding, yeah. And so he did, and he said, Absolutely, wow. Um, so and you robbed him, yeah. No, <laughs> so they my parole date, they said, All right, um, I'm sitting around, I had given all my stuff away, I kept very minimal stuff you know what i mean Uh, i had some socks some state boxers um i gave i gave away all my toiletries my anything that that i had acquired and accumulated during the time i was there and um Hmm. so they never call me so i go to the i go up to the ceo i'm like hey i'm supposed to get out today he's like yeah all right hold on so he makes a phone call he's like yeah you're not going today I'm oh, like, so I'm like, all right. I give my bunk away, everything. How
0: awful is so, that?
1: So then the next day, he's like, yeah, they'll, they'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow, same thing happens. Oh, my and God. And everyone, everyone in there is like, dude, why aren't you fucking freaking out? Like, you're supposed to be out of here on your way to treatment. I'm like, what is freaking out going to do besides get me lugged and get me sent to the hole and possibly make me lose my parole? Oh yeah! In other you words, getting mean? angry. Yeah, they they are like, out. why yeah.
0: why aren't you why aren't you freaking out too? But if you if no one's if no one's ever been there when you're in jail when you're locked up and you're ready to get out, yeah, it's like the seconds are hours you're just dying. You're hoping it's gonna happen. You yeah. You're, you're kind of thinking that it
1: ain't. But also happen. I'm fucking
0: scared to death
1: because I've never been in treatment besides prison. Well, oh yeah. I have no idea what's gonna happen. So. Finally, they tell me that I'm leaving. Um, I talked to the pastor because you know this guy's expecting to give me a ride on this day, and now it's two days later, and I don't even know if he can still do it. I don't know how to get a hold of him. <laughs> Fucking, you know what I mean? Just a shit show. But everything worked out. And I remember I gave all my shit away. I, you know, said bye to the guys that I that I had uh become friends with. um I stayed away from all the trouble. You know what I mean? I just I just knew that that's not what I wanted. Um, So, guy ends up giving me a ride, and we're driving up Route Three, and I'm just like, "It was, it's, it was like the longest, scariest ride ever." And but it was over like that. Yeah. So we get there, you you know, you pull down that long ass Uh, driveway, you hang a right. There's the sign,
0: rainbow sign, yeah, a rainbow sign, and I'm like, (laughs) "What's going on here?" here? (laughs) But there's all
1: these trees, and and you know, it's just. So we pull up, and I got a fucking see-through plastic plastic bag i'm wearing fucking sweatpants that are like four sizes too small because i went into jail at 120 pounds and when i'm walking out i weigh like fucking 190 i blew up like a macy's day float i was huge um so i end up uh i'm getting ready to get out of the car and he goes um he goes son do you mind if we say a prayer and i'm like no not at all so he says a prayer Mm. reaches in his pocket gives me 20 bucks Wow! It says God bless, and you know I hope you do well. So I I I walk up those that long staircase that led to the office. No, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> walk up that long staircase that ends up to the office. I walk in, and there's yeah, yeah. Matt Peck and Willie Thompson.
0: Oh yeah, and, uh, easy with the last names. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> so good. we sign we sign everything up, and uh, f- they I got to go upstairs like like you had shared. I I have to shower. And they have to search me and search my clothes. I'm like, I'm coming from jail. Yeah. What do, what, do you think that I smuggled something out from jail to here? Like, uh, oh, just policy. So I, 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 you know, I go upstairs. I do what they ask. They put me in Have Hope as well, and uh, I walked in, and I think it was a rules and regs meeting. Oh, really? Yeah. I walked right into it. And, like i remember that metal door going from the office hallway into the lounge into the lounge it yeah. was it was off a ship or something
0: no that's that's that that was an admiral's quarters
1: it those was doors. that metal door was so, so heavy that, it was like the heaviest door it's so that 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 I they ever could,
0: they could lock it and it could be like somebody trying to enemy trying to get in yeah. to kill the admirals
1: so um and and that's when my journey of turnabout began you know what i mean and i i, I messed up on phase movement several times like if there was a rule to, to, to break or to, to like blur the lines, I did it. Uh, I'm I'm an addict and I'm an alcoholic. No no new relationships. Yeah, one of the, that was one a of the the day I got I there was a that. fucking rules and regs meeting, so I I knew the rules. You knew the rules. And no new relationships. But also in, in I had heard from the meetings that I was attending that don't get into a relationship after a year. So I did 10 months in jail. So I'm in the house for like 2 months. We we go out. Uh, Joe Russell had an appointment. Yeah, crazy. Um, he crazy was a Joe. staff member. He worked there. Um, yeah. That wasn't his no. Last we were driving. Name, but we were we okay. were driving him home. Actually, <laughs> me and me and uh, Freedom were driving him home. Freedom. He's so dead. Uh, unfortunately, he died too. We said, um, he, and, but Steve had a uh, dentist appointment as well. It was and his he was like, birthday hey.
0: two days ago. Actually, I was his on my Facebook. Yeah.
1: So he says. Uh, he was like, "Happy, can you uh, can you clear breakfast?" He's like, "I got an appointment in like an hour and a half. It's kind of pointless to drive back to the house, come back out here, have my appointment, and then drive back again." And and he was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." So we go to this restaurant, clear breakfast, and, yeah, and it was like right after. I think it was my three hundred and sixty sixth day sober. We go to this restaurant, and you know, of course, I see someone. I'm like, ah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I started a relationship. I paid for that relationship. Um, I, you know, I, I worked my way through the house. And, and there was all kinds of stuff that happened when I was there, man. But it was it was great. The stuff that happened, you know, like you were talking, there was no screaming. There was no yelling. It was a lot more more caring and kind and, and, and like, yeah. welcoming. Um,
0: but do you remember in phase movements, like people who were coming out of jail for fucking double digits time – they're reading their self-evaluation and crying and shit oh like fuck that? yeah! Oh like my God. watching
1: people watching people change.
0: You're getting down to the root of it.
1: Yes, yes. Like guys Incredible. that guys that would like stab they would come you. in and they got this fucking murder one face. You yeah, know what I mean? That's right. And, They'll and then stab you they, for your sneakers. Here they are, like four weeks crying. later, two months later, and like they're 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 you know what, what the what the idea of turnabout was was. They took you in there. They broke you down, you know, turned you into, like, a blubbering mess. That's right. But the then they built you back nerve. up. They built you back up. And, like, you know, we both had the same counselor. I had Dan, too. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was crazy. Like, I told him my story. And then I think at our, at our next session, he told me my story back and said, does that sound good? And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was contemplating yeah. going back to the person that I was that I was with at the time. Right, you're running partner yeah. slash ex and, and he was like, "Uh-uh." He's like, "You're writing a letter to her," and like it took me like two weeks to write the letter. It took me two weeks to mail the letter. It's and, hard stuff. Yeah, it and, and it's funny because she ended up getting into treatment, and they were telling her the same thing.
0: <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you ain't so, going back to that yeah. loser.
1: But uh, you know, I, I ended up. Uh, t- like I love that place man going back there and, and plugging in and and like helping the heard. other guys I love PT yeah helping the other guys I was you know anytime there was a problem we could go back there
0: that's right you know back and, to and, the house that's and then right. but
1: also we had to do um
0: reentry meetings
1: reentry meetings yeah and I think you were you there when we we came up with the the model cuz like when when I was coming up to reentry and there was already guys that were leaving the house. It was like, whatever. You just showed up if you wanted, and and right. We had sat down yep. and we were like, no. You got to come for eight weeks. Yeah, I think And I you have remember to do that. it in twelve. Yeah. Because people would be blow it off for a month and they come back and and, yeah. and it's like, so what have you been doing? You That's know. Right. So it, it it held you accountable. You know, yep. like that whole entire model and that that treatment center did it held you accountable they for your action you can do whatever the fuck you want around here you can do whatever you want in recovery and sobriety in abstinence but there's going to be a consequence and are you willing to pay that consequence right you know you can conduct yourself however you want around here but you know it's it's better if you change the person that you brought in the door and, and, <laughs> you gotta and there's change the person you there's processes the you know there's, there's so many different ways that you can do that um, you know you from for myself the 12 steps was the best um, but did that address everything no I I, I did outside counseling um,
0: yeah I've this, done not, I've done other religious no things cutter. there's no, no cookie cutter no there's too I don't need nuts we need all the wrenches we can get
1: yeah I don't know what what the magic formula for my recovery or my sobriety is so I very rarely try to subtract anything from it. Right. If I do, I add to it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it took I believe- me years. I, I ran around here for a very long time untreated. Untreated. No no step work. Faked my way through four A walls, you know, it was just a fucking I was just self-will run you know, ride. You
0: say that. You say that, but I don't think that's 100% true because you also did a lot of work. In turnabout, yeah. on yourself, even before right. turnabout, you started your work. Right, and and
1: I had done things after turnabout. You know, I, with I had, with counselors, yes, counselors. Yeah. I had lived at Casio, lived at Casio, um, which was know, a beautiful. I, experience. Yeah, and, I lived and, at Casio. myself. like there was
0: incredible uh, religious experience. Yeah,
1: there was some some and and listen, there was
0: at, at my Casio. There
1: was no denying that. God was involved in that. The presence of God. Yes. There was no denying it. My the God. things that had happened had, you know, God or whatever you want to call him, a higher power, not set them up. Had man been involved, those events never would have taken place. Mm. You know, like there was one thing with, with this kid Johnny. Um, You know, this this kid that I was there with. I, he actually overdosed in Project Turnabout. You lived with John Johnny yeah. C. Yeah, Johnny C. Wow. Um, he he overdosed in Project Turnabout and he survived. Um, this kid has had his last rites led read to him like two or three times. Um, I remember I I ran up to the room. I seen him. He was he was blue. He had aspirated. Um, he survived, and you know he shared about it later. And he's like, yeah, I tried heroin once, and I still don't know what it's like. The first time he tried it, he overdosed.
0: Guys, if if anybody is friends with Johnny C on uh, from Quincy on, while he's from Duxbury originally on uh, Facebook, invite him to the group. Yeah, Um, so he was in a a pretty vicious accident
1: when he was younger, seventeen years old, and you know, burnt over whatever percent of his body, burnt, his air was cut off, like all kinds of stuff, and and like close head brain injuries, some serious stuff. But at the casino. it someone that was involved in the accident he was in they ended up being roommates
0: Wow and
1: I, I believe it was the guy who who they hit or something because Johnny don't even remember if he was driving or not it but like wow had had the people you know in charge of the casino casillo known this, they wouldn't have put them together. And like Johnny needed it wow. and this gentleman also needed it. Incredible. Like they need both need a closure. Beautiful. And, I like and that. and that was, I them. Them. that was only one of them. That was only one of them. I have so many others that like personal that it personally had happened to me and uh, like what? Like how? How is this happening? So you know, it's awesome. like you get, I get goosebumps talking about that stuff. You know, it, it was it's it's amazing like I'm grateful that I went through the type of treatment that I went through. And I'm saddened that it does no longer exist. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's because, you know, I think some people can take this disease and this addiction too lightly um, and not realize that to what depths you need to go to fight this and recover for, from for this, some, for some people, for some people, like me, yeah. And and you know, it it all it's all rooted and and based in trauma. Um, you know, we we try and treat our trauma, and and you know, people hear the word trauma and they think very very bad. No, it doesn't have to be very bad. It could be like as simple as you know, your dad said he was going to pick you up at one point and he didn't. You know, and, and, or someone said something to you and, and, and it really, really hurt you at that moment. Um, right. You know, or, or a promise wasn't kept or something. You know. Something
0: you perceive as trauma or, or,
1: or as trauma to you. Yes, exactly. It doesn't have to be, you know, like um, molestation or whatever, anything yeah. like that. It, it, there's, there's so many different levels and, and severities of trauma, but trauma is trauma.
0: Right. and i and I believe that you can have a true alcoholic without trauma, I mean, yes, yeah, it's possible, yeah. uh, yes. you know uh, and um you know uh thinking back on the people we've had on the on the show uh, phil Phil didn't seem to have any trauma mm. um and uh he was a real alcoholic, no question right, um you know uh but but I think it it's it's like ninety five percent of the cases, yeah. Stem from trauma
1: Yes absolutely you know,
0: Myself included
1: Yep But You know yeah. so yeah We didn't uh, We didn't have a guest tonight um, But we like to do these discussions Every once in a while anyways um, You know I, I see a few people Jumped on uh, My buddy Pete Josh um, You know and Fitzy um, You know these are all people That I know and I like, like Pete. I I grew up with that kid. I know how he ran, and like he's doing big things. And you know, I'm really proud of him and and what he's accomplished in his life. Um, and that's the thing. Like around here, and in recovery, you can do anything you want to do.
0: Oh, all it's you got to do is take some action. That's right. All you have to do is take you, some action. So many options. You give yes. up, give up one thing to gain everything.
1: Yep. The you know? the possibilities around here are endless. Um. You know, if, if you want to be a doctor, you can be a doctor. All you got to do is go to fucking eight years of medical school. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? No. If you're willing to do that, then you can do whatever you want, you know? Yeah,
0: man. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. So, um, like we, you know, like we said, we're we're at uh, lolterms.com. Please, Please subscribe, subscribe to our podcast, our audio podcast especially. Um, Appreciate you, know, you guys We got so lots much. of people in the group, and and I love it. I think we're coming up on 1,000 people, which is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, you Please, know, uh,
0: post to the group. Feel free to yes, post to the group. Um, and and yes. if any,
1: and if you ever want to watch these video podcasts, all you have to do is click on photos, and all the videos are in those photos. And the group we're talking about
0: is the Facebook group. Yes, it's
1: Life on um, Life's Terms podcast. Podcast is all capital.
0: I notice uh, when I listen when I listen back to the audio, it's like we talk about the group, and it's yeah. like well. This is on iTunes. I'm listening. To, you, know, as yes. you know, yes, yes. It's, it's Facebook. We do a lot of um, a lot of viewers on on Facebook Live. Yeah, and we go live on YouTube. Yep. Uh, which you know um, we haven't been in the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, we could really use a behind the scenes tech guy. If anybody wants to volunteer to help us out, we do yeah. this for free and for fun. So yeah. So um,
1: anyone that is willing to help, you know, shoot us a message or a text. Um, yeah, let uh, us snow because yeah,
0: um, we could use the help. We're uh, we're trying here. We're trying to fight this uh, this epidemic and uh, save lives and do the best we can. Yep, which is a couple
1: of blue collar construction dudes. So, yeah. um, any help in the uh, in that department? In that department, we appreciate.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. All right, peace. We appreciate you, peace.